Hello, and welcome to The Pinocchio Project. I'm Mitch Friedman, and in my experience as a husband, a father, a church planter, a pastor, and a university professor, I've discovered that everyday ideas on human flourishing have significant consequences. Our goal here at The Pinocchio Project is to examine these everyday ideas to see if they actually deliver on their promises. Hello and welcome to The Pinocchio Project. I'm Mitch Friedman, broadcasting live from Lago Vista, Texas, with my most excellent sound man, Jeff Olson. Jeff's tipping his cap to you right now. Uh, here in Lago Vista in Central Texas, uh, it has been hot, y'all. Uh, we are entering uh, the summer, and it seems like the summer is more than willing to cross our threshold. We've had several 100-degree days uh, so far, so we're looking uh, forward, I guess, to a warm summer. Hope all is well where you are. Before we get started today, I want to point out something that I recognized as I uh, listened to the last two pods. Uh, it's probably easy to take on sort of a dark uh, response to some of the, the issues we're talking about, particularly in this issue of abortion. And so I want to remind us that as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, when we discuss bad ideas that are enslaving culture and causing culture to erode, uh, we are just those people who recognize it's a great time to be alive because our responsibility is to be equipped to propose better ideas than the ones that are enslaving culture. And so uh, I will uh, attempt to uh, have an uplift in uh, our hopefulness. Our hope is uh, not something that's uh, vague or futile. It's not wishful thinking. It is already uh, confirmed and sealed in our relationship with Christ, and our citizenship in heaven is secure. So that's the hope that now lifts us to our courageous engagement uh, by proposing bad ideas uh, be cast aside and replaced with the great ideas that the gospel offers. Uh, and so I just wanted to uh, refill that vision bucket uh, of hope for you and recognize again that you are just where God wants you to be, and he calls you to be equipped to engage your cultural moment. Uh, speaking of the vision bucket, uh, we're going to be talking today about what it means to not only uh, dream of an agenda for cultural change, but then also over really over decades uh, create language and recreate language and really uh, redefine words and phrases in order to make sure that that agenda uh, to transform culture has the best chance to succeed. I call it re refilling the vision bucket. And as a communicator, uh, I recognized a long time ago that exciting ideas and movements and initiatives, uh, they are easy to start, uh, but you have to continue to add to the vision bucket because the vision bucket leaks it, uh, it has holes of distraction, has holes of other opportunity, has holes of competing messaging. And so when we talk about uh, the abortion movement uh, over the course of the last several decades, it is a vision bucket that has been continually refilled, uh, not just with the insistence that abortion be legal, but also a recasting of communication and language in different vocabulary and euphemism. So I've, I've called this pod today, and the, the one that will air uh, a week from today, I've called uh, each of them vocabulary dictionaries and the fog of euphemism. 
So this is part one of vocabulary, dictionaries, and the fog of euphemism. So if you don't know what a euphemism is, a euphemism is a mild or indirect word or expression substituted for one considered to be too harsh or blunt when referring to something unpleasant or embarrassing. Now, before I go any further, uh, how many of you remember The Princess Bride? Uh, that's one of our favorite movies. Jeff, you like The Princess Bride? So The Princess Bride at my house is one of those movies that if you're surfing the channels and it happens to pop up, uh, the channel remains there until that movie is over. It doesn't matter uh, where we entered the story. Uh, we've seen the story enough. We like to enter it with uh, Miracle Max and his uh, uh, refreshment, uh, reinstatement, if you will, of Wesley from the dead, uh, or the mostly dead, if you will. Uh, so Princess Bride is one of the uh, movies at our house that uh, has cachet no matter when and where. Uh, and one of my favorite uh, uh, evaluations of communication and vocabulary and dictionaries uh, is when uh, Princess Buttercup is kidnapped and uh, Vizzini, who's the, the mastermind of the gang that includes Inigo and Fezzik, uh, they're trying to take Buttercup to a place where uh, she can be ransomed back to Prince Humperdinck. And as they're finding their safety, that's Vizzini, Inigo, Fezzik, and the kidnapped Buttercup, uh, it's noticed that a figure dressed in black is following closely and gaining on them, uh, purportedly to rescue the princess. And every time Vizzini sees this figure in black, whether it's swimming faster than the boat or climbing an unclimbable sheer rock face or running at a at fast clip or escaping both Inigo and Fezzik, uh, every time he sees that the figure in black will not be repressed, he says, inconceivable. And finally, after four or five uses of that word, Inigo looks at Vizzini and says, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. And so that has uh, appropriate relevance to our conversation today because the word is abortion. But what we see is uh, as the movement has progressed and entrenched and continues to insist on its way, we see that abortion is recast uh, by words that are euphemisms. Uh, just like for Vizzini, the word inconceivable was a euphemism for, it can't be, I don't believe it, get rid of that guy. Uh, we see that abortion has been recast uh, by the pro-choice movement, which is also a euphemism, by the way. Uh, why don't we just say pro-abortion? I'll just let that sit there. So as we continue, what I want to do is I want to uh, remind us that we're going to be discussing the use of vocabulary, how vocabulary is defined, and the uh, substitution of a mild or indirect word or expression for one that's too harsh or blunt or even unpleasant or embarrassing. So to uh, kind of re-scene The Princess Bride, this is Inigo to the movement, the abortion movement. You keep using that phrase, reproductive health care. I don't think it means what you think it means. So in this misstatement, reproductive health care is substituted for abortion because the movement has recognized 
Uh, it is much too harsh to continue to use it, especially when uh, imaging and biological technologies have proven that this is a human being in the womb. So what I want to do is I want to give us some practice in evaluating uh, language and messaging and to put our worldview lenses on and remember the three tests of a coherent worldview. It must be coherent internally. It must hold together uh, from start to finish. It must also align consistently with reality, what we observe to be true. And it must prove ultimately livable. This is the best model for human flourishing. And so uh, a functional worldview cannot contradict itself. Uh, but I want to read you, uh, this is where you, this is where you get to go to work. This is where you put your thinking cap on. This is where you put your, your worldview lenses on and see uh, uh, how astute you're becoming in analyzing this information. So analyze this. Uh, this is something I pulled out of a, uh, a recent news uh, article now that we're in the throes of the leaked document, uh, the leaked uh, majority opinion by Judge Alito, and all of the now shenanigans or, if you will, contrivances or, if you will, strategies of the pro-abortion movement to, uh, to scramble to safety and ensure that they are, their health care and their rights uh, are protected. And so what I want you to do is, as I read this uh, excerpt from an article, I want you to examine it for negations, meaning what does it refuse, what does it negate, what does it deny? Omissions, what does it not include? Which portions of an important conversation are not dealt with? So negations, omissions, and contradictions. How, how, does, it, how does it argue against itself? So here we go. On May 3rd, the president of the House of Deputies of the Episcopal Church, the Reverend Gay Clark Jennings, decried pro-lifers' efforts to, and this is in quotes, exercise theocratic control over others, and she declared that, as Episcopalians, we have a particular obligation to stand against Christians who seek to destroy our multicultural democracy and recast the United States as an idol to the cruel and distorted Christianity they advocate. Thus, she concluded, we must make our Christian witness to the dignity of every human being by insisting that we support the right to safe and legal reproductive health care because our faith in a compassionate God requires us to do so. I don't know about you, but if I have my thinking cap on and my worldview lenses, there's much to analyze in this statement. So let me just go back through it and we'll, we'll pause. So the Reverend, the Reverend Gay Clark Jennings, uh, I think this is a woman. There was no picture attendant to it. I didn't see a she. Oh, yes, it is a she. Thus she concluded. So the Reverend Gay Clark Jennings decried pro-lifers' efforts to exercise theoretic control over others. So here is someone who represents a Christian church decrying Christian efforts to eliminate the murder of preborn image bearers, decried pro-lifers' efforts to exercise the theocratic control. 
Now, I appreciate this statement in the sense that uh, she understands that every issue is at first theological. It's upstream of politics. It's pre-political. Uh, we'll talk about this in our next podcast. So I appreciate the fact that she recognizes that this issue is theological. It is, at, at its root, a, a question of, of who, who God is, what God has demanded, what God requires, and what's possible with God as the agent of human flourishing. She goes on. As Episcopalians, we have a particular obligation, so this is a responsibility that Episcopalians, who would identify themselves as Christians, to stand against Christians. So this is a negation of unity uh, as to historic Christianity. This is an omission of the need to work together with believers for the good of culture to restore all things. To stand against Christians who seek to destroy our multicultural democracy and recast the United States as an idol to the cruel and distorted Christianity they advocate. So I would ask the Reverend Gay Clark Jennings, what is it that we are doing that proves itself cruel when we insist upon the protection of preborn human life? And where is the distorted Christianity when examined through a biblical witness, through orthodox historic Christianity? You see, these are moral statements that are just thrown out as truth claims, but they must be questioned. And I, and I welcome the questioning of these truth claims and propositions I make. But if we are going to be in a position to posit these realities as, as helpful or harmful, we must be prepared to defend them legitimately. Now, she concluded, we must make our Christian witness to the dignity of every human being. Okay. The dignity of every. Uh, out there in podcast land, what does every mean? Does it mean every? Does it mean all? Does it mean each? Does it mean in totality? We must make our Christian witness to the dignity of every human being by insisting that we support the right to safe and legal, you'll keep using that term, reproductive health care. Let me just pause. What she said was, at its face, ultimate contradiction. She says, our Christian witness to the dignity of every human being insists that we support the right to kill human beings. The dignity of every human being is supported by the right to kill human beings. And then it's couched under the banner of faith and a compassionate God. We must make our Christian witness to the dignity of every human being by insisting that we support the right to safe and legal reproductive health care because our faith in a compassionate God requires us to do so. Did you see negations? Did you see omissions? Did you see contradictions? I hope that you did. See, these are the tools of, of worldview development examination. These are the tools that build clarity and confidence and courage when facing these cultural mandates, even from within the church. This is from within the church that identifies itself as Christian. So was that a fun exercise for you? I recommend you do this exercise uh, that, you, that you start it and don't stop it. 
in the entertainment you drink in, in the things that you read, uh, in the feeds on, on your social media, in your, in your neighborhood conversations at the water cooler at work. Uh, it can be a, a thrilling and exhausting burden, but absolutely necessary to gain clarity, confidence, and courage. So let's look at reproductive health care as a euphemism for abortion. You say, I have a right to reproductive health care. What you mean is, I demand my right to abortion. But let's talk about reproductive health care and see if that lines up with a definition of abortion. The definition of, of health care in, in general, health care maintains or maximizes normal system functions. Maintains or maximizes normal system functions. That's what health care does. It also corrects, restores, or heals abnormal system dysfunctions. So it maintains or maximizes normal system functions, and it corrects, restores, or heals abnormal system dysfunctions. Does that sound like abortion to you? Abortion, by contrast, interrupts normal system functions, both of the mother and the child in utero. And in, in place of correcting, restoring, or healing, abortion destroys the normal system functions of the baby. And we know now, with decades of this practice, it also can destroy the, the emotional fabric of the woman who chooses to end her pregnancy through abortion. So I want to encourage you to look at the language, to listen carefully at the, the morally charged communication that comes out of the camp uh, for the purpose of, first, euphemism. Abortion is a crude, harsh term, and it, it's, not, it's not much used. If you, if you look at the literature and listen to the communication coming out, uh, whether you hear it on audio or watch it on TV, or if you read it, uh, you'll see that the word abortion is not much used in the abortion camp. It's mostly health care, reproductive health care. You keep saying reproductive health care. I don't think it means what you think it means. Remember, it's a great time to be alive. We are here to propose beautiful gospel ideas in place of toxic, degrading ideas that lead to human suffering. For the Pinocchio Project, Mitch Friedman, Jeff Olson, signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on the Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow. Give us a five-star rating and share. If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at pinocchioprojectpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at pinocchiopod, or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening, and remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences. <laughs>